kid, give me your lunch money. Oh, did you drop your watch in the toilet? Better lick it clean. I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> it's the tenth time this week he's took my lunch money. I think anyway, I could never do math. What am I gonna do? I can help. What the heck? My shadow's talking to me. Oh yeah, I'm sick of acting out the stuff the bully does to you. I'm gonna take him down. Kid, are you out of your mind? The toilet water wasn't that funky. I guess you need some more medicine to wake up. Your shadow is ordinary. I have the power of volcano, so your goose is cooked. Yay, look at his ashes. Let's get the other people who made fun of me. Yeah. In a development that carries implications around the world, a boy who was bullied struck back against his tormentors. He did so with a sentient shadow that is invulnerable to all conventional weapons, and though the boy is now dead, his shadow is running loose on a killing spree that we cannot stop. Huge sunlamps are being deployed in the hope that this deadly entity can be snuffed out before night falls. Mom, are you okay? Mom! Come with me if you want to live. Theorizing that one could travel within their own lifetime, two old RP Gamer staff members stepped into the RPG Backtrack Time Accelerator and vanished. They woke to find themselves trapped in the past, playing and talking about computer and console RPGs from the 80s right up to yesteryear, driven by an unknown force to change history for the better. Their only guides on this journey are other staff and players from RPGamer.com who they meet to help record podcasts that only their audience can listen and hear. And so, Phil and Mike find themselves leaping from game to game, striving to put right gaming backlogs gone wrong, and hoping each time that their next recording will be the one that leads them home. Welcome to the RPG Backtrack. Here are your hosts, Phil Willis and Mike Minky. And welcome to RPG Backtrack. This is number 117, The Shadow Knows. I'm your host, Phil Willis, and this is our other host. One commonly known as Mike Minky. Although I go by other names, if you look at them. And, uh, and we're going to be talking about uh, trilogy games that I don't think you've played. I know for a fact I haven't played. Have you played these, Mike? No, I came into the site, onto the site just a little too late to get a chance to review the third one. I think Ethan Piper, am I pronouncing his name right? I can't remember. Got the chance to review that, and it was an amusing review, but... I, I didn't do it. No. So to help answer the question of what's big, large, blue, and flies in the air, we've got a couple of heavyweights to help us out. First is Mr. Michael Apps. How's it going? 
and Miss Anna Maria Privadia. Good evening. Top of the evening to you, chap and chapess. You better say something or I'm gonna find ways to butcher your names. <laughs> butcher them! It's Phil, you know he will follow through. Yeah, because uh, we're talking about Blue Dragon games tonight, and I have absolutely zero experience with them. So the only, the only purpose of being on the show tonight is butchering your names. Yay! Yay, butcher names! Woohoo! Okay, well fine, be that way. Be quiet, stay quiet while I play some music. We'll be right back. Welcome back. We're ready to talk about Blue Dragon, developed by Mistwalker, published by our good friends at Microsoft who hate PlayStation for some reason. This was released. I can't on the... imagine why. Can you? <laughs> nope, I can't. This was released on the Xbox 360 in North America on August 28, 2007. A single-player RPG experience, and it said, "Did it come on three DVDs?" It did. Holy cow, this must be like the best game of all time to come on 3 DVDs in 2007, boy. I can't I can't wait to hear about the epic scope of this RPG and how awesome it is to, to take up freaking 3 DVDs. Holy cow. Well, I well guess the- Phil, Phil, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. That it was so awesome it needed four DVDs? It only needed three DVDs for the uh, pre-rendered movies. Oh, pre-rendered movie! So you're getting a game, and an, you're getting a, you're getting a free anime included with it. Uh, I don't even think they were that long. And the short. game really isn't that long either. Now the interesting thing is, I seem to recall this as the first 360 game that actually used multiple discs. Yeah, I believe so. I almost I want to say that. The release date got pushed back because they couldn't figure out how to do a three DVD package. I would believe it. I mean, this they, back before they'd figured out that you could stick two D two discs on that little spindle thing in the center, and then the last one can go where 
the disc usually goes? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. They have all three of them on the same spot. Well, let's. Uh... Oh, oh, it's yeah. one of those where yep. where you have to be very careful putting them back on the spindle, or else you might accidentally scratch. Oh, I yes. hate that. That's evil, cheap. Well. It's it's better than Lost Odyssey, which was four, and instead of <laughs> also figuring on out one, no, well, you put three on the one, and instead of figuring out some sort of elegant solution, um, they just shoved the fourth disc in with the instruction booklet in a, in a disc sleeve. Yes, this is making me think back fondly on how Panzer Dragoon Saga's discs were in those little paper and plastic sleeves that discs go into instead of all forced onto the same spindle. Yes, that was a very very nicely put together, actually. Compared to how it could have been. Yeah. So, three DVDs. Yes. Alright, so... Which was Final Fantasy-esque FMV. This is Miss Walker we're talking about. Alright, so because it's three DVDs of Epic Story, I've cleared the next two hours for you just to re- talk about the story of Blue Dragon. Um, well, it was uh, um, written by Hironobu Sakaguchi. Um, it was the first game created by Miss Walker Studios and the first game that Sakaguchi made after leaving Scranix. Um, I remember, stand on. Yeah, I remember very little about the story. Um, it's kids and their shadows, and their shadows can jump out and be dragons. <laughs> the story was just so epic, you couldn't remember it all. Well, wait, wait, it. Anna, you told me that you played it in French. Could that have had something to do with it? Um, no, actually, I played it in French because it was recorded in Canada and the French was really nicely done. It wasn't Parisian French like I was expecting it to be. It just, it sounded like all of my relatives that I grew up with. <laughs> hmm. An unusually high quality French dub then. I know, what what is the Yeah, no, I was, Quebec, I was really, seven million no, 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 it wasn't Quebecois, it was French Canadian. That was the thing that really stunned me. Oh, that's even so, more unusual. I so know. I have, to, I have to ask then: Was Maru Maru any less annoying in French? No. Oh well. I suppose that was too much to hope for. You can't always get what you want, Mister Apps. But sometimes you get what you need, and honestly, the Xbox 316 needed a JRPG. Yes. It wasn't the RPG they wanted. But it was the RPG they deserved. Well, let's put it this way. The RPG they were going to get, no matter what they wanted. Well, let's compare Blue Dragon to what your other choices were at the time for the 360. Um, Enchanted Arms. Oh, 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 good stuff right there. And some sort of Mozart game. Oh, yeah, Eternal uh, Sonata. Eternal yes. Sonata. Yeah, that's it. Yep, yep, yep. That, that's, a, that's a good one. And that's oh, it. That was Chopin, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was Concerto of Chopin or something in Japan. Yeah, got, and the it, name got changed here. But as we all know, Blue Dragon opened the floodgates, and the 360 is now the home of the JRPGs for this generation. <laughs> well, here's the thing that stuns me. Um, it actually has like an 80% um, 
I can't remember if it was Metacritics or Game Ranking. Damn it, I was looking at this earlier today. Is, uh, you talking about Blue Dragon? Yeah. 77%. Ah, thank you. Uh-huh. Just happened to be looking at it for kicks and giggles. <laughs> Which I'm sure that 77% was 77% awesomeness. And the other 23% they just didn't get around to because the game was so epic. Oh. <laughs> Honestly, well. the one thing that I do remember about the game is that the wheels don't really come off until about 10 hours in. Yeah. So I can Aww, understand. Ex- why extended it. training sessions are everyone's favorite. <laughs> well, and the interesting thing is, is that you can tell why the wheels kind of come off like 10 hours into the game because there's actually like a, a mini version of the game that was released in Japan and it was actually bundled with 360s. That was Microsoft's way of attempting to sell it. And it was basically the first 10 hours of the game. And then you were just expected to go buy an Xbox 360, which, as we know, has worked so well for Microsoft in Japan. What? It wasn't a hit in Japan? Now, I could be wrong here. I could be looking (laughs) at out-of-date sources that mask the sales rush the 360 has experienced in recent months. But I seem to recall it being absolutely crushed by Sony and Nintendo over there. That's probably again. This could this could be out of date information. Uh, I I don't think so. In other words, Microsoft's complicated and devious plan to expand its Japanese audience by putting some RPGs on the machine did not succeed as its planners envisioned. Okay, okay. Let's let's, uh, Mr. Apps. How about you? How how good is your memory on the story here? Uh, I can give you kind of like the super short version of it. You have a choice. You can either do your super short version, or I can read the five-paragraph narrative from Wikipedia. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, Let me just grab some character names here. Actually, just the main character's name. Shoo! You're already doing a better job than I would, because I would just start calling him Bob, Chris, Jim. i just start making it all up. So there's this kid, Shoo, and his friends, um, Zola. No, not Zola. Yeah, Zola. Zola. Shoofly, don't bother me. No, I'm sorry. We, We haven't gotten to her yet. Is it spelled the same way as the Zola thing in Zelda? No, that's Zora. Yeah. Okay. So there's 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 Shu and his friends Jiro and Kluke, and they live in some remote village, which gets attacked by a land shark. As well, it should be. Um, and naturally, Wait. being what? Are, okay. Th- does the localization have any Saturday Night Live references at this point? Mm, I, I don't, don't think, so. think so. No. That is a that is a horrendously missed opportunity then. Well, there's yeah. Yeah, I think my um, favorite part is the bad guy is called Nene. Yes, true story. Nene. Yes, he rules the Grand Kingdom. That's its actual name. Yes. Wow. But we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> Sorry. So these kids, being kids in a JRPG, do exactly what you'd expect them to do. They chase after this land shark, and which eventually brings them to Mr. Nene. And for some reason, they get shadow powers there. 
And then I go, oh God, I don't remember. Now, then, the then shadows... some things happen, and they meet the most annoying character ever created in video games. Maru. And then we meet Jiro, but he doesn't dream of sushi. Yes. Ah, oh, Maru, Maru. So yeah, they have shadows. Maru, they find out Maru Maru has a shadow too. And everybody has a shadow. Enemies every- have shadows. Shadows are shadows. popping out all sorts of crap. There's poo dragons or poo things, poo snakes. Poo snakes. There's, yes. There's, poo there's snakes. monsters made out of poo. Um. So were these kids. Were the, were the writers looking at South Park for material here? Early um, South Park. I, even, I think it was Microsoft Game Studios that published this in North America, wasn't it? Yeah. But there, there's no indication that the translators might have had a field day going wild with whatever this thing could have been in Japanese. It's it's unquestionably a poo snake, right? Oh no, I'm almost positive it was a poo snake. In Japan. I'm positive it is too because it's basically a pile of pink poo. Yeah. There's like no. Pink. Oh. <laughs> There's like no, no, no mistaking no. it. <laughs> okay. Wow, Chris just handed me his sealed copy of Blue Dragon. <laughs> wow, what a missed opportunity there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, in terms of combat, there uh, are shadows that are associated with each of them, and I stand corrected. I said before, everybody has dragons. That's not true. Yeah, just the kids and uh, Nene and the pirate lady they meet. But people have other things. Like, somebody has a cat. A shadow of a cat or just a cat? Shadow no, cat. no, no. The, the, all the things that come out of their shadows are all mystical creatures. Yeah. Like, she has like a, a dragon. She has a and... dragon. I think Jiro has, like, a minotaur. Yeah. Um, Someone's got a really big kitty. I think Luke has a phoenix. I think Sola has my no. Uh, I think Maramara has the kitty. That sounds right. Yeah, I forget what Sola's was. Um, um, it was something flying. Yeah. Because I'm but looking the, at the package and it's something <laughs> flying. But so these these shadows you have, you can give different classes. Uh, so that's kind of it's kind of the highlight of this game because as we obviously. Uh, veered away from the story quickly there's not a lot to the story and it's not all that great it is like crushingly generic JRPG yeah but thankfully the gameplay is not that generic and it's pretty interesting the gameplay is pretty cool Grand Kingdom (laughs) that opens up so many other naming possibilities like Magnificent Nation or Amazing Country Ones that I'm so, sure will be ripped off in the real world by politicians who are trying their hardest to come up with something new. <laughs> so the shadows have access to nine classes each. Uh, I think that sounds about right. There's and like, I don't, uh, but there's like, there's more than nine classes in total. So I feel like there's some that may be unique to a couple people. I think initially they're all unique. To certain people, and then eventually it opens up. Or... Okay, that's you know what, you're right. That I might be remembering right. wrong now. That might. I, I um, think. I think you unlock plays... them per character. 
Yeah, you're right. That like, does sound right. Like, I don't think you can you unlock Black Mage and then they all have access to Black Mage. I think no, you... No, no. I think it may be tied to the class rank. Yeah. So if you get rank three in White Mage, you unlock Black Mage or something like that. Yeah. It's just the part of the game I don't remember at all. Yeah, so there's, like, White Mage, Black Mage... I think there's two other kinds of mages. There's like barrier mage. Yeah. Any barrier red mage? mage? No. I want to say the barrier mage is the equivalent. Uh, I think it's the well, only class that I remember the name of because it's stupid. I think barrier mage is more like uh, like a buffing class, so that'd be more equivalent to like the synergists from Final Fantasy 13 or something like that. So uh, this this does pull a lot from previous Final Fantasies, things like um, Final Fantasy V and Final Fantasy XI where yeah. you have a primary job, and then if you've unlocked abilities, you can equip them as a secondary um, yeah. slot. Yeah, and even like the uh, the spell naming scheme kind of feels like an alternate take on the naming scheme for spells from Final Fantasy. <laughs> like they even, which they even reused in Lost Odyssey. Well, I'll get I'll give Sakaguchi this. He shows that his earlier work experience stuck with him. <laughs> yeah, um, and one thing that's interesting about this is you can, like, uh, charge up uh, attacks and abilities to to make them more powerful at the expense of, like, uh, delaying when, when uh, they actually go off. So there's kind of an element of strategy of, you know, all right, I need to heal. Uh, how much can I charge this up before you know an enemy attacks? And a lot of interesting things like that. Um, so, is it strictly turn-based, or is it kind of an active time battle thing? No, it's it's strictly turn-based. Okay. Um, but I I'm trying to remember if exactly what it looks like, but you can kind of see the turn the the upcoming turn order. Um, so you know that's that's how you use this charging thing. The kind of Coincides with the the like the bar showing when people are going to take their turns, so you need to decide on how much you want to charge it, and how much you want to delay their action. Um, you know, that reminds and out- me of another Final Fantasy for some reason. Hmm. <laughs> you know, outside of that, it's got your typical you know spells and different like monk and fighter abilities. Um, so I mean, it's it's mostly standard, but it's well executed, and obviously the charging mechanic adds a lot to it. And you know, a good class system is always fun to mess around with. That's true. Yes. Well, in target in combat, are the shadows exclusively the ones fighting, or do the do the people with the shadows serve as just targets? They're kind of they're kind of just targets. I think when you use a regular attack. The characters actually attack, and the shadows are more just for the spells and other abilities, if I remember correctly. Which means that these little kids are somehow able to physically maul big monsters with their what you wouldn't assume to be particularly threatening fists. Yes, but I mean, for the most part, you're going to be using shadow stuff. Um, I mean, the, the game is relatively easy in the default setting. Uh, until later on, you know, unless you're doing lots of grinding and stuff, but uh, you know, it'll get there's you know there's a lot of different abilities and stuff to mess around with. So, not the kind of game where you want to just run into combat and mash attack, attack, attack. 
when there's a lot of uh, more interesting things to do. <laughs> well, that sounds like it would be somewhat up Phil's alley. I think possibly if he can deal with the story, which is a snooze fest. Now, I seem to recall there is an anime of Blue Dragon, right? Yeah, yes. so what they did is after the game was launched, um, they split off two additional stories. One went to manga and one went to anime. And I've seen the first episode of the anime, and it is just like a completely different story for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like it not, is. Not, not small changes, completely different. Yeah. Just weird. Well, I mean, here's the, here's honestly the reason that I think why is when the game got reviewed, both in North America and in Japan, um, the biggest problem that people had with it was that it was beautiful and it sounded fantastic and the story was crap. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was one of the earliest... What, what bloody generation is the 360 and PS3? I don't know. What, for that um, generation, seven, it was one of the earliest... You know, that sounds right. One of the earliest RPGs for that console generation. And if you don't yeah, know... Yeah, but shouldn't that mean it should be ugly? Well, I guess for that we would have to judge it by what's come later. Have li- have later 360 games upped the ante so much with visuals that this is outclassed completely? No. Yes. I, I would say so. I would say uh, just Lost Odyssey outclassed it. I think that it still stands uh, heads and shoulders above a lot of the Xbox 360. Oh, for games. sure. For sure. But It's not definitely... the Forerunner, but it is certainly a Forerunner. Does that make sense? Yeah, that make, yeah, that that definitely makes sense. Well, and that I would consider it in that case something like Super Mario World, which, you know, that still looks pretty darn good for a first generation Super Nintendo game. I it's not a yeah. perfect analogy by any stretch, but for something I came up with on the fly right now, I think it works. Oh, I and think it makes sense. At the sense. same time, I think it's fair to trash the the story being bad because this is Sakaguchi. It's not like he was new to the party. Yeah. And it's not like it's just... It's it's really bad. Maybe really mean, he, he, he made really good decisions in the people that he brought on board. So the um, designer and illustrator was obviously Akira Toriyama. If you can't tell from the art. Surprise! Um, he also had two people that were like um, hugely well-known names doing like his world and all of the other like combat stuff associated with it. It's like the guy who worked on Panzer Dragoon. So, I mean, I think that there were a lot of heavyweights that got involved in this game. So to see it sort of strike out, to see it sort of hit it out of the park in one aspect of the game and to see it completely strike out in the other is disconcerting. Does that make sense? It's very disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's some hidden story that will be told when Sakaguchi writes his memoirs about his family members kept bringing their grandchildren over and he took their ideas very seriously that summer. I I don't know. I'm at a loss to come up with any other reasonable explanation for why the story would be so universally panned (laughs) here. Because the characters weren't likable. It was hard to get invested in the story when you didn't like the people. Yeah. Like, there's, there's, you know, the world, kind of the world backstory is somewhat interesting. And, you know, there's elements of the world that are interesting, but it's 
when there's nobody to care about in the world, it's hard to get invested in any of that. You know, especially when, you know, one of your party members you just like to attach to a rocket and fire into the sun. So Have you been talking about Maru? Possibly. Maybe. <laughs> I just wanted to establish that. You've been very very careful about what you've said to with regard to him so far. <laughs> Oh, Maro, Maro. So, aside from him and Shu and uh, it's either Zora or Zola, I'll remember which eventually. We have other characters, right? I think there are five playables. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are they so incredibly memorable that we're not able to come up with their names? Shu, Jiro, Kluk, Zola, Maro. Yeah. Okay. And here's well, for, the, their, for the ones we haven't talked about, what is their single defining character trait? Because I'm assuming they only have one. Here's here's their personalities. They're just so generic. Nothing stands out about them. Yes. Oh, they're all normal. Or something, or something stands out about them, and it's because it's obnoxious. Shoes the headstrong kid. Yeah, but he was so he was so cliche. Incredible. Even in French. Oh, Sakaguchi. And it, it this all just kind of sucks because the game's so fun to play. Like I, I don't know if we're accurately getting that through. Like, well, yeah, just let, a, let's, a, let's stop dumping on the story and okay, give, give it a little more praise for the combat. Gameplay great, visuals yeah. fantastic, music yeah. Umatsu-san. Uh, there's some nice things about kind of just exploring too, where you can. There's yeah. Um. There's actually a ton, a ton of optional content. Yeah, and there's like so, some dif- different abilities you can use to like attack enemies before combat starts, if I remember correctly. Because mm-hmm. you can get back attacks, or you can be back attacked. Yeah. And there's magic that can be cast outside of combat as well. Yeah. And not just the normal heal spells. And yeah, tons and tons of optional content. Especially once you get to the ending area or you're kind of flying around the center and of the world. The nice thing is is um, you can see enemies on the map and they all have different sort of styles of behavior. So if you want to be really gutsy, you can actually round up a whole bunch of enemies and then attack them all at the same time. I think you get some benefits well, like or idea. some bonuses for yeah, doing you that. Yeah, get, you get boosts and bonuses for doing it that way. Yeah, That reminds me a little of Earthbound, because if you attack one enemy, then sometimes anything else nearby on the screen would come by and join you, but it, it oh. sounds like you have the the option of letting that happen here. Right. Um, the other interesting thing it, to do is um, when you run around and gather up enemies, um, all enemies have a favorite ally and a, and a worst enemy. So if you end up putting poo snakes together with something that it hates, the poo snakes won't attack you. They'll turn around and attack the other monster. <laughs> so it's that's, like there was all sorts idea. of cool, like cool ideas that went into this game. Yeah, that's oh, a yeah. good idea. I'm going to remember that one. <laughs> Though I can't imagine that many creatures get along well with poo snakes. I'm waiting for you to go, but... These these are cool ideas, but oh, it's because you took a little break there, Phil. Oh. We just got into the butt. Oh, this is the butt, but you keep talking about cool ideas. 
Yeah, the butt is the story. <laughs> the deep story we were talking about earlier. Ugh. Well, okay, you mentioned how much optional stuff there is. If you were to rush straight through the game versus trying to take on every possible thing that you can find around the margins, how much of a difference are we talking in playtime here? Uh, I mean, it's about 30 hours for a standard playthrough. Not bad for a fairly early RPG and on, there's, in a console. There's probably enough to add, like, another 20 hours, I'd say. And there's also uh, a bunch of different difficulties. Like they, there's some like super hard difficulties they added as downloadable content. I believe there's New Game Plus too, so you can kind of start over after you beat it and choose one of those even harder difficulties. So there's a lot of chance for replay value. You know, just mash the start button whenever people start talking. So you can't skip the cutscenes, but you can fast forward them by that means. I don't remember. I'm just, uh, I'm just hoping that you can, because otherwise I don't know if I'll ever be able to replay it. Well, just grab a book or something and read it while the cutscene is happening. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or have your have your handheld of choice handy right there, so you can play you it go. while you're letting the cutscene spool out on the TV. <laughs> So it's like, uh, uh, what's that game? Xenosaga? Mm. Isn't, isn't that the one with all the cutscenes in it? Yes. Yes. It's the mm, game Xenosaga you watch one. more than play. Which is accurate. Though some of those cutscenes were really long. Hmm. So there you go. Well, since we're kind of skirting around the edges here. How was the voice acting? Better in French. <laughs> uh... They did themselves a favor by having it multilingual. But overall, the characters were really hit and miss, especially in English. Yeah. Especially a certain character. <laughs> Who's bad, who's apparently bad, who's apparently bad in every language. Well, Even Japanese, let, I hear. I'm sure if you're that curious, YouTube would have a sample for you to quickly mm -hmm. peruse. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't recommend it. No. But l let's, let's try a different tack for this particular character and any of the other annoying performances. Had... Someone of the caliber, oh, I don't know, let's see, 2007. Let's say we get Dakota Fanning and uh, Haley Steinfeld and Haley Joel Osment or something. Get them all together. Could they have saved this particular script? Or could no actor, no matter how skilled, have managed it? I don't know who any of those people are by name. <laughs> so I vote neutrally. I think well, if you had... uh, Haley was recruited for Kingdom Hearts voice work. I know that much. Uh, I, I think he, he was voicing Sora. I think. I think had they gotten Hulk Hogan to do Marumaro's voice, the game story would have been amazing. What you gonna do, brother? When my shadow pops out and goes all whoop ass on you? <laughs> Why am I flashing back to Mr. Mom now? That's 
that's horrible. I don't want to think of Hulk in that context. <laughs> anyway. Barring extremely unlikely casting choices, could these characters have been saved? Nope. No. Okay. Just they were weak. It was it the yeah that the, there was just no clear character development. It's the thing well, that I, I think every single review panned about the game. I think it's something sh- that our review panned about the game. Who needs character development? Stories are much better if your characters are exactly the same at the beginning as they are at the end. That's <laughs> just one of the tenets of storytelling, right there. <laughs> So, I mean, for what it's worth, and you may interpret this however you like, a month before the game came out, they announced the second game. (laughs) Yes, we love it when franchises are announced before the success of the first is assured. That shit turned out well. How could it go wrong? They knew it was going to come out on three DVDs. (laughs) And I mean, it is the size that matters. But we're changing format for the sequel. We're moving to a whole new system. A whole new Something world. that actually had, you know, an established player base in Japan, unlike the 360. <laughs> it turns out if you want people to buy your game, they got to own the system. Yeah. I seem to remember the Lynx had a few good games, but who knows? Who owned a Lynx? Everybody had a Game Boy. Or a Game Gear. I had both. Hmm. You had both kinds of game, but no links. My brother had a links. I never actually it, played one. How was that thing? It was terrible. <laughs> oh, Atari! Such a wonderful hardware manufacturer. I, I think we're getting diverged here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Uh... Sounds like y'all have pretty much uh, got what's on your chest off your chest. Anything else that jumps to mind about this game before you move on? Um, poo snakes. Poo snakes. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. Listen and, to and it in a different language. Think... Any particular musical tracks that stood out? All of them. Uh, uh the boss theme. Okay. Fe- Featuring the vocal work of the singer from Deep Purple. Oh, 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 oh. Mm. Hang on. I got his name somewhere in my notes. I can't, I can't remember his name for the life of me. Oh, my gosh. Ian Gillen? So, sounds about right. Um, You know, the thing is, this, <laughs> the, this game is so awesome... I mean, it's just so mind-blowing. I'm afraid that our listeners are not going to be able to afford to get their very own copy because the demand for this one is just through the roof. You can get a used copy of Blue Dragon for $2.86. That does seem like a pretty significant Mm. investment. Mm. So what do y'all say? Is it worth $2.86 plus shipping and handling? I mean, it's a really fun game once you realize that you shouldn't be paying attention to the story. So, uh, yeah, that's a really good bargain. Okay. You can get it brand new in the shrink wrap for 
See, Chris has obviously got himself a real investment item there, Anna. <laughs> you can retire on that one. Woohoo! I'm rich. All right, all right. I, I'm 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 sensing that maybe the force was not strong with this one. But what's the best way to take a somewhat mediocre game overall and make it so much better? What you let's you, you know you came out with this game. It hit meta. It was only given seventy eight on the average. You need that to go up. What is the mathematical function that can make that happen, Mister Minky? Multiplication. Well, yeah, but then you might go bust. This is like the game of 21. If you go above 100%, you lose. So you really don't want to multiply 78. You want to plus it. You totally want to plus it. And this is the game that's just going to totally blow the lid off this podcast. It's Blue Dragon Plus. Developed by your good friends at Mistwalker. Published by Ignition Entertainment. Released on your Nintendo DS handheld system in North America on February 19th, 2009. This is a tactical RPG experience coming to you on three Nintendo DS cartridges. If you bought three copies. But for the silly, boring people who only bought one copy, you only get one DS cartridge. Sorry. You've just opened up an intriguing possibility. What if someone had made an, a DS game so massive that we had to swap carts in the middle? Yeah, wouldn't that be something else? Just, okay, now swap your cartridge. All right, so uh, from what I remember uh, seeing this seeing this game uh, when I was watching a preview or review or something on online, uh, I remember the reviewer saying that the uh, the gameplay style was similar to Final Fantasy XII: Revenant Wings because that game was so awesome yes. and mind blowing that hey, the, why not copy like it? Revenant right? Wings. Hey, I, how do you know I'm not being sincere here? So the best thing to do <laughs> is to copy it, right? Because because, uh, you know, isn't cloning or imitation or something best form of flattery? Something, something, right? Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. There you go. Yep. All right. So this was developed by Brownie Brown. Oh, yeah, Brownie Brown, our old friends behind Sword of Mana and Heroes of Mana. Do they, do they even Whoa. still exist? I don't know. They changed their name. That I remember. I saw they were in the credits for Mario 3D World. Or not Mario, Mario 3D Land, excuse me. That's the last time I've seen them. I think Brownie Brown did uh, Magical Vacation Magical Star Sign, too. Yep. Oh, yeah. And um, how about Mother 3? Oh, yeah. Yeah, with an assist from Ape Company, I think. That sounds right. At any rate, um, they, oh, they, that was the thing that I liked from them the most. Um, you know how there was like a little RPG in the Professor Layton game? Mm-hmm. That was made by Brownie Brown. Oh, yeah. Okay, Brownie Brown is still going then. Yeah. Well, kudos to Brownie Brown because on balance, I like the company's games with one glaring exception that we don't need to go into a second time. You can go listen to an older episode for exactly all the pent-up feelings about heroes of mana that should probably just stay buried right now. No, <laughs> I've no, totally forgotten that this was published by Ignition. You know what? There's a story behind this game. It Ooh. wasn't originally going to be published by Ignition. And I know because I played it at Xseed. I thought she was going to say it wasn't originally going to be called Blue Dragon Plus, but Blue Dragon Minus. 
<laughs> no, it was originally called Blue Dragon 2. It wasn't Blue Dragon Plus until almost the release date, if I remember correctly. Mm. Well, we, we of course knew that Microsoft could not take on publishing duties again. Not for this game. Oh, no. Uh, so, no. So, yeah, um... When we went to Run to the Sun one year, this was um, a, a, quite a number of years ago. So, AQ Interactive and Xseed had a publishing partnership. This was before it was they was bought by Marvelous, and so for two years, basically, Xseed localized or um, published all of AQ Interactive's titles. And so, um, I remember going to Xseed or Run to the Sun and playing it. And they were like, yeah, we're working on it, but we're not really sure if we're going to actually be the ones publishing it because AQ is trying to sell it. And they did sell it. They sold it to Ignition. Ignition Entertainment <laughs> also doesn't exist anymore. And in this case, I doubt many tears were shed. Well, I mean, here's the thing is, the Ignition dying led to Shane Bettenhausen moving to Sony, and he created the Sony Indie Program. So I actually think Ugh. a lot of people would be celebrating because that's a really yeah, successful wow. program. Yeah. Talk about your unintended Sorry. consequences. Sorry, Ignition. <laughs> Plus, there's, you know, Ignition's not-so-stellar record of localization quality. Oh, yeah, they stink. What? I think uh, the but only reason Ar- that... Rise Fantasia was so fantastic. I think the only reason that Blue Dragon Plus was as good as it was is because XC worked on it for the most part. <laughs> Man, I love it when I can take a project that somebody else worked on and just put my own Slap name, my on, name it. on it. Doing yeah, doing extra work. Those are the best. So, um, the events of Blue Dragon Plus are set about a year, year and a half after the original game. Um, it is set up so that you do not need to have played the original game, but it behooves you to do so. So I think that scared off a lot of potential players to get into the series. <laughs> so, spoilers! Um, basically, in in the process of playing Blue Dragon, um, you open the planet's core. And inside is another world. And so you are basically continuing your exploration through the, the core, um, through Blue Dragon Plus. That really was a grand kingdom then. If it opens up onto a, onto another world underneath, it's it will, it's a bunch of floating cubes. Yeah, that doesn't yeah. sound like the most visually appealing world to have ever come out of an art director's fantasy. Well, it it looks a lot better than than that description. Here's the good Blue snakes are back. Boo snakes. Boo snakes. Do you get to so, control boo snake? Um. Oh man, I want to say you can. Um. So Shu, Jiro, Kluke, Maru, and Zola are back, and then you also get to control a whole bunch of other characters. More Marus. That's Ugh. just what the world needed. Yeah, Maru Mira and Maru Tora to go along with Maru Mar Maru Maru. Was that the girl in your party? Maru Maru, Maru Maru, Maru Mari? Maru, Maru... I... I I don't know. Kitty girl. Can we just call her kitty girl? Sure. 
Girl with the Kitty. Uh, yeah. So um, the cool thing that I liked is um, when the other Mar- the other Marus had a Cerberus. So you had a kitty and a doggy and a kraken. <laughs> that was like my favorite part of the game. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't have a ton of experience playing this game because the only time that I played it was when Exade was localizing it and it crashed a lot. Um, because yeah. they were actually localizing it while it was still being developed. Oh. I mean, we went to Run to the Sun in like June or July and the game didn't even come out in Japan until September. On the upside, it had a really fast turnaround. It was released like three months later, four months later in North America. Wow. So, yeah, very, very fast turnaround because they'd already translated most of it. Mm. Unfortunately, I didn't play much of it either because I was too busy playing the game that it copied. Yeah, I mean, I loved Revenant Wings. Yeah, it's a fun I game. played Revenant Wings years before I played Final Fantasy XII. I just played Final Fantasy XII this year. I should probably play more of this because I've actually heard some okay things about Blue Dragon Plus. Um, it reviewed all over the place. Uh, yeah. I mean, it got like a bunch of four to fives and a bunch of eight out of tens, and then it got tanked in a lot of other places. It Sounds did not right. sell well in Japan. I I think it might have broken fifty thousand copies. I, who knows what it sold in North America? Hmm. Well, I think you can still get it for pretty cheap, so probably not very much. Nice. No, 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 let's let's verify that now. I mean, because it's Blue Dragon Plus. I'm thinking it costs the same as Blue Dragon, but plus more. You know, uh, that's so that's what I'm thinking. But let's just let's just see. What, yep, yep. I was right. Used copy is two dollars more, clocking in at four dollars and ninety five cents. If you want it brand new in the shrink wrap, though, I see one copy still on sale for ten bucks. Where is this? Where are you looking? Half dot com. Yeah, Half.com. it's a division of yeah. It's an eBay company. Half dot com. I like them because they put like everything on an easy to see screen as far as used in new, yeah. new condition and stuff. Uh, looking at eBay, it's uh, I see a lot of auctions uh, with buy it now prices of eight uh, eight dollars on up. So yes, it's actually pretty easy to obtain a copy of this game. Nice. So sounds like they should rush out and get their copy of Blue Dragon Plus today. Maybe if you enjoyed Revenant Wings, or um, I guess we're really into the story of the original Blue Dragon for some reason, then yeah, go for it. It's, it's kind of kind of like that, but without all the cutscenes. <laughs> Yes. Because they really can't fit too many of those on a DS cartridge. <laughs> oh, I mean, you probably could. You just wouldn't have much room for the game. Mm. So, General just sounds like it might be worth picking up, if you, especially if you like Revenant Wings. It's that, a poor yeah. man's Revenant Wings. I would play Revenant Wings over this. Yeah. Oh, that, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Okie dokie. Well, 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 let's let's try this. Is the story an improvement over its predecessor, or a noticeable downgrade? Neither. Oh, okay. So we're, we're just we're just flatlining then. <laughs> it's not better. It didn't suck more. It's the same sort of ambivalency. Yeah. Had it? No one praised more. this game for its story. 
Let, let's let's examine this concept a little bit more. Sucking more than the first Blue Dragon in terms of story. It didn't suck more. It just didn't suck less. Yeah, she said it's about the same. same. Yeah. Hmm. I thought it was a. I thought it was an interesting idea merely to posit the notion that something would suck more than the first Blue Dragon in terms of story, but we we probably don't want to frighten everybody away with <laughs> such an elaborate concept. Well, I mean, you know, as far as story sucking worse, I could probably give you a list of Idea Factory games if you really wanted. Let's save that for another day. Okay. I don't think we need to start venting our hatred right now because it might be hard to stop. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Long-time listeners will recognize exactly what I'm talking about here. <laughs> like you, Phil. Mm-mm-mm. Look, okay. So we took the game, we plussed it, and that didn't sound like it made it a whole ton better. But maybe it's because the shadows in the games are fighting on your side. Maybe they're really sleeping the whole time. What if we well, awaken them? Well, maybe we should them? awaken them. That's right. <laughs> Anna, Anna is so on top of my segues now. She rocks. <laughs> We're ready to talk about Blue Dragon Awakened Shadow. Not to be confused with its competitor, Blue Dragon Sleeping Shadow. Uh, this was developed by Miss Walker, Tricrescendo, and Namco Bandai Games, according to Wikipedia. Released in North America, uh, let's see, around May 18th, 2010, on the Nintendo DS, published by D3 Publisher. This is a single-player RPG experience on your Nintendo DS, and it doesn't sleep quietly. No, 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 no. It's wide awake. So this is another Blue Dragon game that was announced prior to the previous game's release. It seems to be a habit. Nice. Mm. The interesting thing is, is there was a huge, huge gap between all the releases for this. So it was October for Japan, May of the next year for North America, and then September after that for Europe. This this is, I think, when we started to see sort of such a mixed amount of how long it was going to take something to hit in North America versus um, Europe. Because hmm. this is like 2010. So um, the interesting thing um, about this game is it included Hideo Baba, who's the Tails guy. Did it? Yep. Interesting. So it was Sakaguchi again, and Toriyama again. Surprise! And Umatsu-san again, and then Baba. Hmm. So this is a direct sequel to both of the previous games, um, but doesn't play like either of them. It's an action RPG. I thought I remember this one ignoring parts of the story of the previous one or something. There's something weird about the story for this one. What was so critical to the story of Plus that it it stuck out to you as being ignored in Awakened Shadow? Uh, That's a good question. Well, you don't play a shoe anymore. (laughs) That's a big change. Thank the heavens. Yeah, I thought it was play- Maru who was the most obnoxious character of all. But Shu doesn't grow between any of the games. None of these characters grow in, in personality between the games. Do they grow physically? So, uh, you said uh, a year and a half or so passed between the first and second games. For kids, that's a long time. Yeah, not really. No, yeah, no. 
Yeah, um, you look at those school pictures of yourself at the end of third grade and at the beginning of fifth grade. They don't look at all different, do they? No. Wait. Yes, they do. <laughs> I ca- I call these games out for their lack of realism. You hear it here first, folks. <laughs> um, this was um one of the first DS games to have online play. Yeah, it's true. I tried it. Actually, tried it a few times. It worked pretty decently. So um, you also don't play a shoe. You get to make your own character. Yay! Um, the downside is is um the only character you get to control because it's an action RPG is your character. Everyone else runs uh, around doing their own thing. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't know anything else about this game because I didn't play it. I did play it. And it was charmingly mediocre. Like, it's got, like, a, a simplified version. As, let's get this out of the way real fast. As okay. long as you are controlling one character and others are running around, do they run around intelligently? <laughs> Not really? Um, well, I, that just relieves all my concerns right there. I don't remember it being incredibly horrible. Um, I How don't. Horrible I don't. Is incredibly horrible. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of a good example. I, I, it's if it wasn't memorable, then it couldn't have been that bad. Let's put it that way. Okay, fair enough. Like there's other bad things the game about the game that stuck out, you know, stick out my brain a lot more, and that one that did not. I will accept that any game you don't shred your larynx over has not prompted fits of screaming. <laughs> yeah, so this game kind of has a simplified version of the class system from the original game. In um, an action I'll... RPG setting. Yes, and it's kind of different in that you don't... I'm trying to remember exactly how it works, because you can, like, use... You can use, use, like, use different shadows. It's not necessarily you're giving your shadow a class. You're, like, actually using a different shadow. So you can kind of use some of the shadows from the history of the series. Um, because part of the story of this game was everyone everyone loses their shadows. And they, they can only use them when your character is around or something like that. But it, they don't use their normal ones. You can, like, equip them with random people's shadows. It's weird. It's a weird game. That kinda, certainly ignores the canon that's established in the first game. Yeah, it's it 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 really does. Um, it's, it's kind of a missed opportunity too. I, f- I feel like you know you could have had some creation options to make your own shadow, or just like pick one and then have the class system be something separate. You know, it's just like oh, um, great, I'm equipping Maramara's shadow so I can be a monk. Yippee. Um, but you know the combat monk? was decent enough. His his shadow was the monk. Class. Oh, his shadow was a monk. Yes, okay. yes. Let's let's be clear here. Yeah, I, I just felt we had to establish that because annoying, or extremely annoying, and monk usually are not traits found together. It's true. Um. So. Uh. So you kind of go through standard dungeons with. Pretty sparse enemy counts, and um, the, but the the action combat was pretty decent. Kind of challenging enough, so so the sparseness uh, wasn't a problem. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was a problem. I mean, there's a lot of problems. The game doesn't run particularly well. It seems like it kind of 
stretches the DS too far. Um, Can you see any on-screen reason why that would be? Does it look like it's pushing the hardware to the limits? Um, kind of, yeah. I mean, it's using a decent amount of 3D, so kind of okay. hard to tell yeah. with the DS sometimes. But um, it reuses a lot of the same dungeon areas. Uh, reuses wow, enemy types and whatnot. Oh, and the story is absolutely incredibly atrocious. And so, we're, so we're no guys. longer aggressively mediocre. We've hit the atrocious realm now. Yes, we've hit the. Why are you? Excuse me. Why are you even reading this? <laughs> yeah, it, it's 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 not good. But the the uh, presence of Maro Maro has been um, eliminated, decreased um, to a high degree, so that to the point where I can't even remember if he was actually in it, which is a very good thing. So there's that. Um, but, I mean, on the whole, it kind of looks like they said, hey, let's make that action RPG that Dragon Quest IX was originally going to be, and um, couldn't quite get that far. So it's kind of like Blue Dragon Diablo, but not quite that good. Like there's a decent enough loot system, but not quite that deep, and obviously the class system isn't as deep as the original Blue Dragon, so... Well, how many character options do you have? Um, I think it's around the same number of classes as the original Blue Dragon, but I mean, it's nowhere near that complex. Well, yeah. Something like nine classes or so. So if you you were of the mindset to say, I have to experience this game with each class... How much time would you sink into it? Probably a fair amount, because I don't think they're all open right away. And I don't remember how long it took to unlock some of them, so you'd probably have to spend way too much time in this game. Fair enough. Yes. I figured we should establish that unequivocally. Yeah, Yeah. Awakened Shadow is kind of a huge missed opportunity, really, because... uh, I mean, like the idea of kind of a Diablo-ish type Blue Dragon game with maybe that class system from the original game, you know, there's there's a really good game you can make around that, and this isn't quite that. I mean, it can be fun, especially if you have some friends to mess around with it. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, another another in a line of disappointments. Although in this case. You know, at this point, you expect the story to be bad. You don't expect uh, the gameplay to be so disappointing. That's unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, and you look look at some additional, you know, famous names on this title. So the fact that it's even more of a mess is a head scratcher. Well, I think we can see that the appeal has been shrinking over the series. We have three reviews on our site for the first Blue Dragon, two for Blue Dragon Plus, and only one for Awakened Shadow, which is a two out of five from Adrian Dinauden, and we know that means something. Mm. Um, That might be because we were winding down Raider reviews at that point. Could have something to do oh, with yeah. it, yeah. 
But it also means that nobody on staff ever felt like playing it and going through the whole thing in order to write a second opinion. No, I want to say that we had to bribe Adrian to review it. (laughs) Well, we know Adrian doesn't like it when he has to play something he doesn't like, although I can't really blame him for that. Maybe because it costs so much. Like fifteen. How much does it cost? (laughs) Well, I'm glad you asked, Anna. It's like fifteen bucks. Though there's somebody who's selling the Japanese version for seventy-two. Oh, that's a bargain right there. That thing is only going to go up in value. Oh, here's someone selling a factory sealed one for seventy bucks. Yippee! (laughs) Woohoo! Factory sealed DS games. Now there's a market that has yet to reach its critical time. Just remember, guys, this is what we got instead of archaic sealed heat. You know what, Anna? Archaic sealed heat was not much of a loss. <laughs> Though, Aww. I realize we're on a sliding scale with Mistwalker here. Any, how, any... How much was Blue Dragon Plus to acquire, Phil? Like 10 bucks. So, any final thoughts on Awaken Shadow? Um, sad face. Should I play it? No. Okay. <laughs> you know, so my awakened thoughts, and it's funny because I didn't play any of the games in the series, but my awakened thoughts are glad I, I'm glad I didn't waste my time with it. <laughs> so, well, thank- so, apparently to experience the best this series has to offer, you would have to get a 360. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so, and that's not going to happen. So, uh, I'm not going to go but, back but and buy. Could, but then you can play Tales of Vesperia in English. Yeah, that's okay. I'm not going to go and buy a uh, a retro console that has all of what three RPG exclusives, and one of them's Blue Dragon. But one of them is Lost Odyssey. Didn't that come out in Steam later on? No. Uh, what's the one I have on Steam that came out on 360? Now it's bugging me. Last <laughs> Remnant. Last Remnant. That's the one. That was yeah. better. <laughs> um, you have me. Last you Remnant. have me between a rock and a hard place because Last Remnant is a Kawazu game, so I can't really disagree with you, even though uh, you really want to. I do because Lost Odyssey is really good. <laughs> I seem to understand Last Remnant was even improved for PC. It was. Absolutely. Oh, by, like, leaps and giant bounds. As in, this is the version to go and play, boys and girls. Yes. <laughs> Pre- pretend the 360 version doesn't exist. It's a PC game. Hmm. Well, that we always love it when we come across series like this, where... The recommendations are so glowing. So Well, somebody said, boy, your podcasts are too long. Well, guess what? You just got a Christmas present with Blue Dragon. We're going to... Did we... How much of the music in the DS games was recycled from the original? I think all of it. Here's here's the problem. Oh, we, we love it when we hear that Uematsu couldn't be bothered to come up with anything new for the game, so he just rearranged some of his old stuff. (laughs) Don't we? Hmm. 
here's the problem, boys and girls. When we talk about really good games from the past or really bad games from the past, they stick out so much in our memories that we can go on and on and on about them. But then we get to something that's kind of mediocre, like Blue Dragon. I mean, we could talk a lot about. We talked a lot about the original gameplay, which was the highlight of the series as a whole. So that's yeah. that's something, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is something. That's something. That, that... We, we definitely have a recommendation to play Blue Dragon and ignore the story. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Alrighty. Well, what about the anime or the manga? How are those stories? I, I know they were different from the game. Were they better? Um... I mean, I hated the characters, so I had no interest in watching beyond the first episode. So maybe? And it was either a 13 or a 26 episode series, right? Yeah. I think I still have... I think I still have the DVD with, like, the first few episodes of it. So, you know, if someone wants it, you know, I will happily, happily mail it and, you know... You, you didn't remove it from my presence. You did not splurge for the entire series run on DVD. This says something all by itself. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's. Uh... What about the manga? Did that even cross the ocean? I don't think so. Do you know, Anna? Not that I'm aware. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's take a break and come back and wrap this up with the final lap. It is time to wrap this up with the final lap. This is the part of the show where we read your comments. We just talk about what we're doing the last couple of weeks. We just shoot the breeze. It's the kitchen sink part of the show before we put it to bed. And, uh, boy, did we get a lot of comments on our last show, RPG Backtrack, number 116, The Secret Ingredient, where we talked about the Atelier Trilogy on the PS3. Oh, hey, I think I recognize <laughs> the first couple of people who commented here. Atelier? Oh, yeah, Atelier. Oh. Yeah, buddy. Oh. Are you really surprised, Anna? <laughs> no, but that's what makes it so much fun is that she acts so surprised every time I do it. It hurts me. <laughs> I love to hear the groans and the moans. 
So let's start off with We this. will be supplying Phil with some French lyrics to decipher for our listeners in the very no. near future. Ooh, I love I love reading French, especially with my southern accent. So oh, this was a a podcast about the Alchemists of Arland trilogy. Eh, Tillier. <laughs> um and what was it Antler? The Antler trilogy? <laughs> You know yes, what the irony is? Antler trilogy. Is there was a huge Sony sale um for Golden Week last week. Mm-hmm. And so I actually picked up Totoray Plus and um Meruru Plus and I'm playing Totoray Plus right now. Oh, cool. It looks great on the Vita. It does, doesn't it? So pretty. It's Everybody should great to play in the Vita. Everyone needs to go out and buy a Vita just so you can play the everything looks prettier. All these older like the older games, the PS3 the, the games that are I'm, I was playing um Oh my gosh, it just left my mind. Boop, just flew out. I'll remember the name later. Something moved. You said it was in Final Fantasy X. No, no, but I have been showing that to somebody. Uh, there's a Final Fantasy fanatic I have at work. So I'm like, see, it's on my Vita. How pretty. But no, there was another one. Uh, Rainbow Moon. There we go. And oh. yeah, yeah, and Rainbow Moon just looks so cute on the Vita. I mean, stretched over my big, huge screen was okay. But on the Vita, the colors just pop. It just feels more vibrant. It's just the Vita screen. I love it. I don't want to get that new one because I heard that the new slimmer Vita, the screen <laughs> isn't quite as pretty. Why would you want to get yeah, something that the screen isn't I mean, as pretty? It's, it's going to be to your personal preference what you're going to like because there are people, especially Chris, who tell me how ugly, 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 unbelievably ugly DS games are on the 3DS. And I play all of my DS games on the 3DS. I don't see the difference. Oh, yeah. The, well, it, to me, it's not that they're ugly, but the but I play a lot of games with small text. And because there is some resolution difference, and I guess it aliases it or something, the words don't look quite right. There was one game where he was even chopping off half the letters from the top of the screen. And I was like, really? So I had to go in and figure out. That's where I had to figure out the whole settings thing. But then it made it really small. And so then the whole game was like centered and the small, it was, yeah, it was frustrating. I'm like, okay, give me my DS. And I lost my DS um, after having a 3DS. And I'm like, no, 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 I got to get another replacement DS because I can't stand the whole, like Shimigami Tensei Strange Journey. Screw it. No, I'll, I'll pay the 90 bucks for a replacement. Yeah. But it's just the words with the text. I think if I'm playing like Super Mario or something like that, I don't think I noticed it as much, if at all. Hmm. Anywho, we got some comments here. Uh, Wheels says, good old antler. However, I kept, uh, <laughs> somehow I kept trying the series despite starting out with the insanely terrible port of Manakimio for the PSP. Oh. Which is not properly part of the Atelier series. Yeah, that's true. He's out of line. There's some comments it's, from... It's, it's the universe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's definitely yeah. part. Come on now. Yeah, it was, it was, um, it was published so, on Planet I, I Earth. If, if it's, if it's the absolute, disgust, most disgusting, ugliest, technically limited part of the world that you want to visit, then there you go. Here you go. This is, this is what Gust can do if it has absolutely no quality control and no one cares, right? Well, the PS2 version was fine. Yeah, We're not just... talking about the PS2 version. Okay, well, in that case... <laughs> what? Ah! Maybe we should move on this. before he pops a, a vein. <laughs> oh, right. There's a... Oh. Uh... There's a uh, somebody. There's somebody so named... Many bugs. There's somebody named Pause who wrote a comment. Do you want to read those, Anna? 
yeah, I'm just I I'm I'm still surprised I get into the games as deeply as I do because um the the time the the time limits always scared me away from the series because mm-hmm. I saw it like year after year at E3 because it's literally a yearly series and I was just so bound and determined that I wasn't going to play it because the idea of a time limit sucked so hard and then I started streaming and I'm like well I just played like Final Fantasy 12 and before that I played Chrono Cross so let's try something that's completely and utterly different what can I play I know totally <laughs> um, and I can understand your Hesitancy there. I mean, that's. Uh, I've been talking with some friends about uh, Final Fantasy 13, whatever, Lightning Returns. And that's the, one of the first things that's always mentioned is the timeline in that game. So, and it's not listed as a positive. You never hear anybody say, wow, I'm glad these games have a time limit. So, hmm. I can understand some hesitancy there. Uh, Mr. Minky, what did Smacked right? right? Mr. Minky. Hold on a sec. Hold on a sec. Yes, I did run away. He ran far away. Because I ran. I ran so far away. I couldn't get away. Smacked said, I'm looking forward to starting these games. I've already got Tatori, Maru, and Aisha. As a side note, those three games are all on sale on PSN this week starting tomorrow. Well, he wrote that on April 28th, so that may no longer apply. Yeah, Though so Aisha sorry. is apparently cheaper on Amazon right now. So, um, sorry, Smack, we're recording this too late to take advantage of your sales notes, but thanks for including them. Uh, Balance says, to purchase uh, Antler Rorona, uh, what does he say? Uh, anyways, he'd rather play it on the handheld, but he doesn't have a Vita, so he's buying it for the PS3. All those years of Sam recommending it has paid off. He hopes to play the whole series eventually. Well, there you go. Shout out there to, uh, to Sam. Then, yes, uh, had, had Sam not been busy with, I don't know, she she has this thing called a wedding coming up. I don't know. Those things apparently take up some time in people's lives, but I wouldn't know. Mm. Anna, Anna, Mr. Apps, you apparently have firsthand experience with these things called weddings. Are they the massive time sinks I've heard? I did mine 3,000 miles away from where I was getting married. Oh, dear. Uh and you know what, Shirley and I. Uh, let's see here. Um, our 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 marriage uh, planning was limited to about five minutes. We're driving down there. Hey, that's a pretty church. I stopped there. Doom done. Fifteen years later, we're still married. I envy you. Yeah, that that easy drive yeah, we up. We had we had months of annoying planning for a day that flew by in a flash. Yeah, yeah. We had a. We ended up having to scrunch a lot of planning into about three months yeah and working at hotels i get to see how much money people spend on those it's it's <laughs> fascinating too much money on we had a lot I'd of fun say if you can get into the wedding industry you're probably assured of having a job for a while and mm-hmm. making lots of money mm-hmm. um okay so anyway that's that is why mm-hmm. sam who as everyone knows anyone who f- looks at our site would know that sam is probably the biggest positive speaker for the Atelier series who is not living in Japan. That is why she was not on the last episode. Because what do you know? These these time sinks happen. Anyway. Anyway. So, uh, looks like we got a comment from someone called Nix. How about you read that one, Apps? 
I would if I had the thread open. Well, you didn't. So we're moving on to Minky. <clears throat> Honestly, it's a fun series. I keep hoping, and I still see it as a big possibility, that we're going to see the new Atelier Rabona. And you know what? She was absolutely right. Our news today oh. says that it is crossing the ocean. She loved the original game when it released, though she knows that a lot didn't. But I think the improvements they've been showing off for that remake just might make Verona a lot more friendly to the newcomers. Totori is her favorite. And yes, that means she likes it more than Maruru. But she likes Maruru and Verona too. And she has horrible temptations often to double dip and grab Totori on the Vita, even though she has a perfectly great PS3 copy. The series just makes her happy and smiley because it's not the typical RPG experience and it's more slice-of-life style storytelling. You just don't get enough of that in RPGs. And for her, especially, she loves the more personal narratives than... Ye grand old save the world. But she just might be in a minority for that. And then she tells somebody named Pause, I don't know who that is, that she did indeed start with the hardest one. But Tatori has a lot to offer people, and the bad ending can still be fixed. I'm okay. I, uh, I, I feel like I'm so much better prepared going into Tatori on the Vita this time that I'm, I'm looking forward to the challenge. Hmm. And you had some comments on there too. Again, Anna. Um, I did. Hang on. Oh, can I, I pretend to be? I can pretend to be you. Yeah, I just said exactly what I said. With I the PSN sale dropping Totoray Plus super cheap, I want to go back and replay it. Guess what? That's what I've been doing today. Yay! Hmm. All right. Uh, apps. Why don't you read what Smack said in response? Okay. Smack in response said... Hold, please. No, no, I'm pretty sure that's not what he said. Well, I thought about getting Rorona. I am waiting to hear if the PS3 Vita remake is going to be localized. Yay, it is! From my understanding, though, Rorona can be safely skipped without missing too much. However, when if, if the remake is localized, I'll definitely be grabbing it. Normally, I type... I'm the type that must start at the beginning of the series, but the remake release order is throwing me off. Um, there is something about that that works out, that jankiness, and I don't remember what it is. <laughs> I, was I was reading about this on Silicon Era. Basically, when you play it on the Vita, um, it's treated like... Hey guys, all this stuff happened in Totori and Meruru, but where did we start? Oh yeah, let's talk about it. And it sort of flips you into the story that way. Oh, that's, that's pretty cool. Also, there is the fact that if you want to start at the beginning of the Atelier series, you're going to have to go back to a lot of stuff think, that never came out of Japan. I think most people want to start with the start of the Arlan trilogy. <laughs> yeah. Ah, but I we mean, had Gaijin the... on last episode, and he told us <laughs> about the first few episodes of this series I mean and then there was uh, all those Atelier Iris games that are a lot different from these very they don't have time yeah. limits right no yeah I gather they're far more like the standard RPG model than the usual Atelier stuff yeah I think they're more generic JRPG I mean uh, the one I started with man I Kimia, Manakimia, however however you pronounce it, is kind of like uh, 
Harry Potter if they were all alchemists? Just pronounce it the way I do, mana chemical. I mean, that's what you do in that game. You mix <laughs> chemicals, mana chemical. Okay, Arvarium yeah. Cassandra Ramos, a.k.a. Strawberry Egg, says, My experience with the Antler series is limited to The Sun Will Come Out, Annie, on the DS. Even so, these games sound quite endearing, as I did enjoy Antler, The Sun Will Come Out, Annie. Annie's good. I uh, I played Annie on a trip to a trip to and from California, and um, yeah, it's it's easier than Totary, and but still hard. I would say it's probably the second hardest one. Hmm. Um, but the nice thing is, is because I had come up so hard against the time limits in Totary, um, it made me think long term about what I was going to do in Annie and that helped me finish the game like six months early hmm. so that was cool six, six months in real time or in the game in the game okay I actually got a I good ending like in Annie yay <laughs> well I need to give that one a try yeah they I mean it. if you can get a copy totally because it's it's cute. It can be played in short periods. It can be played in long bursts. You don't need to have played any of the other games in the series because it's a standalone title. So it's not related to any of the trilogy specifically. Annie's hilarious. Um, all of the cast characters are honestly really funny. And it's cute because um, you can sort of see echoes of other characters from the Arland trilogy in the companions that Annie gets. Hmm. Um, there's fewer endings too. Cool. I kind of wish we'd gotten Lena, but that, uh, that was probably no longer an option. Okay. Uh, then I said I love the love for the Antler games. And then Becky said, Barry, you should totally try the Arland or Dust series. I suspect you'd love them. Oh, did you guys talk about the Dusk series at all? No, we, we kept it strictly to the Arland ones. Otherwise, so, um, we would have we would have created an episode of four hours in length and people well, did not respond well If it's that. Backtrack, the Dusk series isn't done yet. That's another thing. How Maruru had just come close enough that we could throw it in there, but if we throw the Dusk ones in, then uh, we might actually irritate people with our rampant spoilerism. <laughs> so the we Dusk never series do that. is the next trilogy. Um, the first two are out now. The third one's coming out in like July in Japan, so probably next year for us. So it was um, Aisha was the first one, and it is basically the pinnacle of this of the alchemy combat mix that you see in the Arland trilogy. And then Eska and Logi um, sort of take things in a completely different direction. I'm looking forward to playing it. I have, yeah. Hmm. Um. So, uh, I'm gonna kind of zip through a couple of these here, but uh, Valen. I mean, the cool thing is, is um, from the time that you guys um put up the podcast to the time um this well, this podcast is recorded, Balance already beat Rorona. Hmm, that's pretty fast. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that game isn't that long, but still decently long. Impressive. And speaking of balance, uh, he, she had said uh, that they're playing it now and loving it. 
just uh, gripes is a little slow. The humor and cuteness and the mini skits are a lot of fun. He's not going to worry about the multiple ending, uh, ending since gaming should not be a stress fact test. Instead, he's going to watch them on YouTube after a pretty much completely blind playthrough. So that's actually something I personally applaud. And apparently so does Becky. Um, let's see here. Oh, and you're right. Here's a... Here's a huge pose from Balance. Wow. Uh, wow, that's big. And my eyes are a little fuzzy to read all that text. Uh, oh, but he, uh... Here, let's just go with the last line. He would end by saying this game makes a nice change to the epic Save the World Power Gaming Grind Style RPG. Mm. Right. Rorona is not an epic Save the World Power Gaming Grind Style it is not that. Unlike Final Fantasy V, which I'm playing. Anyway, uh, Galleon says, Another series I haven't played, but this is what the RPG Backtrack is all about. We get the good and the bad, and that guides us to our RPG pleasure or dismay. Personally, I think it guides you to your RPG destiny. Ha! So there you go. Lots of comments. You too can leave your comments at boardrpgamer.com. We'd love to hear what you think. Or you can shoot off an email to Albert Odyssey at hotmail.com or JC Servant at uh, you know I don't know if I'm getting that RP Gamer mail so let's just go with cyberlightcomics.com or you can Twitter us um, at JC Servant and what are you Mike you at Albert Odyssey right no I'm Jimmy Sin Jimmy Sin that's right <laughs> get him mixed up okie dokie Mr. Apps knows what Jimmy Sin stands for I do yeah but he can't tell us because he's cracking up so I'm going to reset his connection haha <laughs> That'll teach him to get all saucy and cracky with us. Okay. <laughs> now you, you there, Mike? Yes. Ah, little technical difficulties. So, uh, let's let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's look at... Table. Let's do... We could. We could. We could also talk about what's new at rpgamer.com. What is new this week? Well, we got a new fresh review from Seven Circle about uh, Path of Exile. That game came out a while ago. Well, it's at a very long beta. Mm, that's true. That is true. It was technically a beta. Very, very long beta. Well, if you look at the review, you will notice that it impressed Seventh Circle enormously. And yes. that's hard to do. Yes, enormously. So I don't think I've seen Seventh give this score before. Ah. Well, he did once. He ah. did He did for Fallout Three. Ooh. So this is the third five out of five you've given in like the past month. Wow. It's crazy. Wow. What we gave out two other ones this month? Took well, I know I know Child of Light got one. Mm-hmm. I gave Dark Souls two a five out of five. Ah. That's right. That's right. So you guys know what you gotta go out and play now. I, I have personally have played Path of Exile and it is a ton of fun. Uh, if you like Diablo 3, I mean, it's free to play. And I like his bullet points uh, on here. Uh, got a lot of pluses. A deep, limitless progressive progression system. Uh, exciting, groundbreaking loot. Intuitively designed around attributes. Balance of challenge and risk-reward. You get to pay. This is a, It's a free-to-play game, but you pay to be pretty, not pay to win. I like that line. <laughs> pay to be pretty. <laughs> uh, and no option. Yeah, he, he explained that in depth to me. It's very simple. If you want to buy things using real money, they make you look good in the game, but they don't actually 
make you buy things like healing items or new equipment. It's just stuff to make you look good. Yeah, this is absolutely one of the easiest free... I mean, this is probably the easiest of all free-to-play games to recommend to people on the PC. I mean, it's just a no-brainer. Um, and uh, it's got a couple of things from... Um, well, it, it plays... You know, it's pretty much a... It looks like Diablo 2, as far as I said. Then it goes, of course, the graphics are much more updated. It's the 21st century. But um, what's really cool is the leveling, uh, the way you're, you you can kind of level your character up because as you gain skill points, you uh, put them into this really large-ass sphere grid that looks like it's Final Fantasy's 10 sphere grid just on steroids. Uh, I mean, and what's really cool is you can zoom in and out of the sphere grid with your mouse. So you, when you pull it way back, I was just showing this. I was just showing this very game. I was out of town this week. Um, with my family in Florida and uh, I have a gamer over there and I was showing this game and I'm like, you remember Final Fantasy X Sphere Grid? Take a look at this. And you just zoom all the way out and you just see his eyes get really big. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a buffet table of, of sphere points. So, and then what's also really cool is they got, um, yeah, you, the way you uh, pick your skills or whatnot is your weapons and armor pieces have sockets in them and you socket the gems with the skills just like Final Fantasy VII and you can junction uh, certain um, uh, gems together to create uh, combination effects. So uh, de- some really great stuff from Final Fantasy VII, so, uh, the leveling system from Final Fantasy X. Uh, you put that together with Diablo's um, gameplay, and you just got a really, really great combination, and it's just really well executed. And I remember uh, somebody saying er, on a podcast I was listening to, they said, more content has been added to Path of Exile since since it released a few months ago than what Diablo 3 has done in years. So <laughs> go figure that one out. Anyways, uh, what else do we have on the site? Did you mention Child of Light? That wasn't too long ago, was it? Have we talked about that before? We have not. Yeah, very that, pretty. That was our very own Sam Marcello having an absolute blast. She has never given a five before. Another five, just like that. Bam! Uh, very beautiful, gorgeous game. I bought it for my wife, uh, played it with her for a little bit, and I love games that look like watercolors and watercolor paintings in motion. Uh, it's, it's just absolutely gorgeous. And the battle system, talking about getting your inspiration from old battle systems and this stuff, uh, it feels like, I'm, I don't know if too many reviews have mentioned this, but it, it feels like Grandia, it's Grandia, right? The whole yeah. little, little action bar at the bottom, and then you start doing the action, you, you enter the last part of the action bar, you can interrupt somebody while they're casting or preparing for their action. Again, if you're going to rip off a battle system, Grandia is one of my personal all-time favorites. We've talked about that a number of times. The only thing they're missing is knocking people way up into the stratosphere. <laughs> well, we could have an, an entire session on why do people not rip off Grandia more. I, mm. I can stand people ripping off Grandia because that would mean you're putting some serious effort into your combat system and will probably make it really fun. Can they yeah. rip off Grandia Extreme? Oh yeah, they can. They can. I don't know why they'd ever want to. <laughs> yeah. Because I hold the extremely unpopular opinion that that one's my favorite. Extreme. It's extreme after all. Yeah, that. Come I, on, come on. It's extreme, Mickey. Nope. Say it. Come on, extreme. Anna holds opinions to the extreme. Extreme. <laughs> it had. It it had. It had Luke Skywalker and Superman in it. Uh, all right, sold, sold. There you go. Uh, let's see. We've also got reviews. Remember Luke Skywalker? Did it have? Uh... Wait, was uh... 
was Christopher Reeve doing voice acting in that? No, Dean Kane. Okay, sorry, yeah. See, so too many people have played Sky- Superman over the years. <laughs> There's only one Luke Skywalker. We've, uh, we've also got a review of Half Minute Hero 2, The Second Coming, which unfortunately did not draw a 5.0 from Adrian Din Alden. And yeah, not not quite. Um, so and and the review of XCOM Enemy with is that an no I don't want to ask XCOM Enemy Within uh, by Scott Wakamater. So you oh, and the review of Ragnarok Odyssey Ace or ACE, however it's supposed to be pronounced. Mm. It's Ace. Okay. See, when you never hear it spoken aloud, you have you kind of wonder. Plus, you have mailbags. You have screenshots of every uh, the most anticipated RPG of all time. We've got exclusive screenshots of Mugen Soul Z. No, and it's, it's just I, people. People are rushing. I mean, waiting with abated breath. Do we really want to know how many audience unique hits our site gets solely for those pictures? You know, I just added another one to it. <laughs> oh, it's cute. Oh, this has got to be the best game ever to come out. Look at those cute eyes she has. Oh, they're so big and wanting. This has to be a good RPG. Sure. Well, you know, you know, Phil, uh, I believe that uh, Mac is looking for somebody to review this. You know, I you would know. love So if it looks straight up your alley, you know, I think you should go for it. You know, I would love to. I'm no longer a reviewer, though. I leave that to the experts. You know, but gosh, look at this! She, she, cute little girls. That guy's got spiky hair. How could this go wrong? Yeah. Well, there's this one girl who appears to have scale earrings, by which I mean that they are scales, as in scales of justice, not scales off of an animal. That's mm. that's a fashion choice I've never seen before. So all of that and so much more at rpgamer.com. So go over and visit. And okay, let's do roundtable. And let's do ladies first. Which is Anna. Yay, Anna. What's Anna playing? What's Anna doing? Go, Anna, Anna, Anna. Totary Plus. Totary Plus. I actually just finished Rune Factory 4. Oh, really? How did yeah, that go? It, um, it could have gone better. <laughs> oh, ouch. ouch. No, it's not a bad game. It's just uh-huh. the things that annoyed me about the game eventually outweighed the things that I liked about the game. Hmm. So... Um, there's actually three distinct story arcs to the game, after which each of them you get a set of credits. Mm-hmm. And so I finished the second arc last night, and I kind of feel like I'm done with the game. I just, um, I like the characters, I like the different um, weapons and the combat system, but I hate the pacing. And having a badly paced Rune Factory game kind of kills it. Hmm. So... My biggest beef. Hmm. And then beyond that, um, still streaming Final Fantasy X HD. I think I'm getting pretty close to the end of it. I'm in the Comlands. Oh, well, and I got to spend night with you the other the other Friday yeah! doing that. That was a lot of fun. So I definitely... Always nice when Phil comes and visits me when I'm streaming. And Phil's like, you know, type it in 60 words into the chat because he's bored. <laughs> and Anna's like, I'm trying to play the game. Oh my gosh, Phil. Uh, no, no, it's good because it's good to have feedback while I'm playing. Then, Even then, if it's OMG, I hate Mass Effect so so much. Oh yeah, yeah. I was getting real pissy at Mass Effect that night. 
But I was making com- I was making comments about your game too. That's what's that's what's sick is when I'm actually that's playing a true. game and watching right. another game and paying attention at the same time to both. <laughs> so um, for people that want to catch me streaming, I stream most weekdays, starting between one and two Central Time at twitch.tv slash rpgamer. There you go. Or rpgamer.com slash live. Hmm. So yeah, that's what I've been doing. Other than that, um, I can legally live in the U.S. now. Yay! Yay! The, the Border Patrol won't throw you back over. That's good to know. Yes. Well, you know, when I first got married, going back to that whole marriage thing, I was worried that they were going to come knocking at the door because technically she was out of status. But that's a whole other long story. We'll have to tell that story one day. <laughs> um, yeah, I was actually surprised that my interview went as well as it did because I lied when I crossed the border. And I figured they were going to give me a lot more crap for that than I got. Mm, they were they were in a better mood for you than they were for me. Let's just put it this way. After like three years of filing paperwork and stuff like that, the guy sat there and looked me in the face and said, if you're dumb enough to marry somebody on a J-1 visa, you can go back to her home country with her. What a wow. nice guy. This, is unfortunate, no, this was unfortunately... I, I have to say, um, my experience was phenomenal and fast. I mean, I'm actually going to get my green card before I get my work permit, before I get my um, parole, before I get everything else, I'm going to have my green card, which is going to invalidate my need for all that other paperwork. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, because I had to do it in the proper, the work permit first, and then eventually green card, and, and uh, 10 years later, citizenship, so. Really? They've changed it now. It's only three years for citizenship. I exaggerate. I don't remember exactly how. It felt like 10 years. I think it was like the whole process from beginning to end. Now, it didn't help. She was on a J-1, J-1 visa that as soon as she got terminated from the job, she was out of status technically that day. Yeah. So already, so I'm going to get you know some hold up because I'm trying to make somebody status who is out of status, you know, blah, 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 supposed to go back to their home country, blah, blah. But yeah, it took it took quite a few years and I didn't have a lawyer I was my own lawyer so that was really awesome I mean we sort of looked at some of those filing fees and it's like um, the main one like the 487 I think it's called Mm -hmm. that main one that you have to file um, it's like a thousand dollars to file it Mm -hmm. and if you screw it up you have to refile it Mm -hmm. there's no adjustment to that form yeah yeah it was it was great you should see how stressed I was but I I was making like (laughs) 10 bucks an hour at the time so yeah. We we actually have a friend that his company is half here and half in China. So he recommended a lawyer to us that was much more reasonably priced than everyone else was asking for. There you go. So that was a huge, huge load off of our shoulders. Because, yeah, like some of those forms are unbelievably complicated. Oh yes, I, I had I had files and files. I'm gonna, you know, if you want to stay, I'll tell you the whole story. But it was it was it, it's a it's a it's a miracle story. It's mind blowing. It, it's also the kind that start bringing tears to people's eyes. It's just it was just yes, but it was it was it was just wow. It was poof. I, yeah, everything you're saying. I, I I it's only a miracle that I got through with this guy who I don't don't even have a college education. I somehow got through the process, especially so, fighting yeah. them in that attitude. Um, my interview went so well. They told me on the spot that I was going to be approved. Nice. Yeah, that's really unusual from what I can tell. The funny thing is, is when we showed up, we were the only people um, who didn't have a lawyer or a translator or a translating lawyer. We were also the only people in jeans. Hmm. I was like, you know, maybe, we maybe could that's dress the secret. Up. 
You know, we could don't dress dr- up for Don't this. dress in formal wear. <laughs> there was a guy in like a double-breasted Italian suit that wasn't the lawyer. Oh my goodness. That's like, crazy. I don't know. I, we could have dressed up. And I, I thought about whether we should pack like some really nice clothes. And then I was like, you know what? That's just... It feels like really disingenuous. And I think we'd be more comfortable just in our regular clothes. And we were. We spent five minutes talking about Mayor Ford. <laughs> hmm. Alrighty. Mr. Apps. Yes. Uh, so I just reviewed Dark Souls 2 recently. Which hey, is pretty I awesome. I wonder what score you gave it. Uh, you know, it's a pretty good score. Okay. Uh, so yeah, if you like action RPGs, you should play that game. Post haste. Um, so, you know, I've also been playing... I, well, I should say, I started to play Ragnarok Odyssey Ace... And then I made the mistake of being like, hey, you know, I haven't played Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate in a while. And added about 28 hours to my clock in that game instead of playing Ragnarok Odyssey Ace. So yeah, that happened. Well, I I think that that is all by itself a testament to the respective addictiveness of the games. Yes. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um... I've also started to re- work on reviewing Demon Gaze, which is a weird first-person dungeon crawler. How's that going for you so far? It's... Uh, I don't know. Well, that sounds, kind of... that sounds promising. <laughs> uh, there's some weird questionable things in the story for the game. The actual combat is super fast and Dungeon exploring is pretty good, so it kind of feels like a uh, a lighter, more user friendly take on kind of the wizardry clones that Japan still seems to like to release every now and then. So it's interesting. Um, and All the characters in Japan's wizardry clones look a lot cuter than the ones I remember from the original wizardry series, though. Yeah, and in this case. Um, since it's published by uh, NIS America, they added in uh, a few Disgaea character portraits you can use. So you can make like a pretty wizard or pretty fighter or Etna, whatever. So a nice little touch. But yeah, it's 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 been pretty good so far. We'll see how that goes. Uh, and I am also playing a game which I can't talk about till Tuesday. Hmm. Is it a good game, a bad game, or an, 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 an indeterminate one? It is an updated version of a game I reviewed last year. Okay. I guess that will just have to whet everyone's appetite. Wait a minute. Until... Wait a minute. Doesn't that mean it's Mugen Soul Z? <laughs> uh, it's, uh, no, that's no. You see, that's a sequel. <laughs> this is not a sequel. No, I'm not. I, I does, am not wait, playing that. Game. I know you can't say what it is, but does the game rhyme with Bugen Lo Me? Which I think I can technically say what it is. I I don't really know how these embargoes work. Well, if you don't know how it works, then clearly it's okay to do. <laughs> It's Soul Sacrifice Delta. 
I was going to say, this podcast isn't even going to be posted until after the embargo is done. That's probably right. Yeah. So, <laughs> and it ends up being the one time Phil edited a podcast in only one day. <laughs> well, we are recording this close to the weekend. That's, yeah, that's right. That's, that's, the, that's, that's usually, editing time. That's usually Phil's free time. Well, would they really mind if I say that if you like the original, you should absolutely buy this one? Oh, you done blew it now. Yeah, you, you done did it now. We just lost it. Yeah, you just caused the PR department to get extremely angry, and I'm sure we'll be getting bomb letters. <laughs> hmm. Oh, oh, oh. And I've also been playing something else. Conception 2. Okay, are you playing that on... That's on two platforms, right? It's on Vita and 3DS. I've been playing on 3DS. Aww, the Vita's much prettier. It is. I I understand that's the one that our very own Alex Fuller is playing it on. He's been tweeting Uh, about it occasionally. I mean, if you're going to have adventure babies, you need to do it in high def. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, talk about a uh, weird game that I don't know why I like, but I can't seem to stop playing it. So there you go. Are we going to go have some adventuring babies together? I'm so nervous. It's like Persona, but instead of demons, you make star babies. Star so. babies! Yes. It, it, it is really out there in left field. It is, it is cute. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. I, I got... I, I get, and I actually, I actually only got two copies of it. I... I I, I gotta stop pre-ordering crap from Amazon because I forget what I pre-ordered. Next thing you know, I got two copies of the mail, so I did don't. Did you need... at least get both versions of it, or did you no, accidentally order the same version? The Vita. <laughs> I I pre-ordered the Vita version because nine times out of ten, I like the Vita version better. And then I played the demos on the when the days the demos came out. I compared them side by side. I'm like, oh, the Vita version is better. Let me go pre-order that one. <laughs> Whoops. Exactly. Ay, 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 ay. Anywho, anything else, Mr. Apps? Um, I don't think so, other than, hey, Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate is still really awesome. I haven't seen Amazing Spider-Man 2 yet, have you? No, I've heard, it, okay. I've heard bad things. I don't want to say anything until I've seen it, because that wouldn't be fair. Maybe maybe taking three villains and throwing them into one movie will work out here where it didn't in Spider-Man 3. Who's, who can say? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> uh. Yeah, the, the evidence would seem to be on the probably not side, but you know what? It's Spider-Man, so I'll have to see it anyway, and I'll probably be talking about that on the next episode. So what's new, anyway. what's new for you, Mr. Minky? Well, let's see. I noticed that you didn't mention one particular review which just went up on the site today. It's for something called Steel and Steam, Episode 1. Yeah, I've... and how is it? Yeah, how how is it? How, 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 how could I miss such a... You know, since we're talking about games that are making 5.0s and stuff, you're right. How did I miss this one? <laughs> well, uh, hey, this is... This was a Kickstarter-funded project. Well, bam, this is going to hit it out of the park then. How did, how did this gym possibly oh miss my docket? Uh, I, I'm afraid I had to give it a 2 out of 5. 
Sweet mother of mercy. What happened, Mike? Well, in seeking to emulate the 16-bit classics of yesteryear, the developers made a key error, which is that if you seek to do that, you might want to either make your dialogue very interesting when it does appear or more abundant because early 16-bit games were not known for their copious, well-fleshed-out, well-written stories. I may be making a generalization here, but I think it's one that will hold true. And Steel and Steam, Episode 1, for a game with Steel and Steam in the title, doesn't really put you into the world where you understand why it's titled that way. Here, you are controlling Noah and Alyssa. Uh, they're adventurers. They're fighting a bear. They do it, and then they get tasked by their friend in this town. Oh, and they, you've never met the friend before. You just have to accept that they are, in fact, friends. Hey, go fi- go find the professor that we know. Okay. Oh, the, the professor is in this mine that's collapsing. Okay, let's go... No! No! The professor! We've never laid eyes on him before! He just died. You know, this this is one of the axioms of fiction. It always hurts to see a character you've come to know and love die. Which is why it means nothing here. Uh, and then you wind up in that mine for a good long while, and you get out. Oh, and you've got a third character. You've got Godfrey along with you. And Godfrey is awesome because he has a healing spell and your other two characters don't have any. And then you go into a town and... Oh, yes. I should mention your antagonists in Steel and Steam are named Rage and Hate. (laughs) (laughs) So you, you beat up Rage, then you beat up Hate. Then they take you on together. You're fighting rage and hate together. And then you fight the giant spider robot. And then you, for your final boss, I shouldn't say this, but whatever. You fight rage and hate and the spider robot. Can you, are you sensing the reams of creativity that went into the enemy design here? I thought you were going to say you fight against rage against the machine. That would have been too expensive for red meat games to exp- to acquire, I'm sure. But it would have been neat. <laughs> uh, yeah, and oh, oh, and there's combat. Um, since I did manage to finish it in under six hours, it obviously wasn't a terribly lengthy game, but a significant portion of that was spent grinding. And... Uh, yeah, this is the kind of game where you probably will need to heal in battle more than once because the enemies are pretty nasty. You know, you you just love it when you're fight, when you're playing a game where if you don't get the first turn in battle, then your character who took a hit last time might just be killed this time. It's that kind. Um so I can say that Steel and Steam Episode 1 leaves lots of promise for Episode 2. That's... And it was nice to wander around the towns and find things that actually rewarded you looking into the back alleys. And beyond that, I probably should stop talking. (laughs) 
So, uh, there. I will probably be taking on another indie game in the very near future. We will see how Boot Hill Heroes goes. Episode one. Mm-mm-mm. Um... Yes, I I am much deeper into Arc the Lad 3 now. I've hit the second disc! I don't know why Woo-hoo! it needs two discs. It has a few... You remember those lovely grainy FMV sequences that the PS1 produced? There really aren't very many of them in the game. I don't think they take up more than five minutes, all told, but somehow this means we need a second disc. Anyway, uh, I like this game. I really like it. I might even like it more than the second one. We'll see how it goes by the conclusion. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be talking about that in depth in the fairly near future. Um, what, hmm. what else have I been playing? I have to think for a moment. Oh, yes, Etrian Odyssey Untold. I don't know why they kept the stupid 60-item limit on your inventory. That that just keeps irritating me every time I'm not ready to be done in the dungeon yet. I have to go back because I'm full. Uh, but, it's just an excuse for you to grind up, Mike. You know you want to do it. You know you want to grind. Might as well give you a reason to do it. You're right, Phil. All what, right. what am I thinking? Why should I just go back and forth in the way that I'm familiar with? Instead, I'll just go out of the dungeon entirely and come back down. There oh, you go. Arbitrary, arbitrary limits for the win. Otherwise, this reminds me of Etrian Odyssey 4 in that it's really fun to go through the dungeon and map everything and figure out what I'm doing and put those little marks all over the place. I, even though it's really time-consuming to put a blue dot every place there's water because I just got through the third stratum... Uh, I do it anyway because I'm obsessed with this stupid mapping system. There's something wrong with me. So are you going to play Persona Q when it comes out? I will... I have nothing to say on that at this point. We shall see. It's the Etrian Odyssey people with the Persona people. Well, something tells me that I will not be necessary for the review of that. Mac will have no trouble being <laughs> people yeah, for that. Don't you want to play it for yourself? Maybe. Again, I, I don't know what I'll be doing when that comes out, so it may just go sit in the pile for a while. Or I'll give you a maybe. You Keeping in mind, Anna, I have not played any Personas. Yeah, I know. Okay. But it's it's made by the people that make the Etrian Odyssey games. Well, that's a big plus mark right there. Mm-hmm. We, sh- we shall see. I can't give you anything more definite right now. For all, I, for all I know, I'll be working 80 hours a week and have no time for anything else at that point. Unlikely, but it could happen. Anyway. I think that pretty much wraps up what I've been playing lately. I want to give a message to Nagin, who on Twitter goaded me into watching something called Food Fight. Food Fight I watched for free on YouTube with ads every seven and a half minutes that were more compelling than the feature presentation. <laughs> <laughs> Food Fight was created was started 
in the creation process in the early 2000s by people who had this wonderful idea. Let's take Toy Story and let's translate it into the world of brand marketing. So instead of toys coming to life, let's have all the mascots from advertising come to life. Well, that sounds like fun. And then let's never finish it so that it's forced to be released in 2012 with animation that would be sad for early PS2 standards for a computer-animated feature film. Oh, nice. And let's throw in some astonishingly blatant sexual innuendo for what's supposed to be a children's film. As we all know, children love it when a male character looks down from an airplane, sees a woman's chest, and loads and lets out several innuendos that are barely even innuendos. They're pretty much just, wow, look at the bazongas on that woman. As we all know, children love that. And again, keep in mind, this looks ugly. The best parts of it look like substandard PS2 cinematics, and the rest looks like substandard PS1 cinematics. Uh, let's throw in some inexplicable Nazi imagery. Let's have a mysterious Brand X come in, complete with stormtroopers and what look like panzers, only they're squirting whatever Brand X is supposed to be. It's, it looks like ketchup bottles, but whatever. And yeah, because as we all know, in children's films, you love to have Nazi imagery, right? Well, yeah, of course. Hello. Let's have Charlie Sheen voice the lead because he is indeed a wholesome family player. <laughs> Although since this was probably recorded in about 2003, his current issues were n not relevant at the time. And let's have the writing be consistently stupid, wasting time all over the place. But you know what? As terrible as this thing is, I still hate Beverly Hills Chihuahua more. Ooh. That movie physically Ooh. hurt Ooh. me. Chihuahua. I, I... No, no. Not going there. Um, yeah, so... So there's that. And I want to mention Gallipoli. Because I've seen that movie about three times now, and it always... I forget how funny and gripping it is in the first three quarters or so, and then what, how shattering it is at the end. This, it doesn't even feel like a war movie until the last 30 minutes, but you will remember what happens at the conclusion of this for the rest of your life. I pretty much guarantee it. And for the ladies, there's a young Mel Gibson on display. I understand that's quite the sight. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, then you're not my aunt. <laughs> Look, I, I am given to understand that young Mel Gibson is very easy on the eyes. I can even kind of see it. But that's not relevant, really. S oh, yes. And it's gone from theaters already, but if you want to see an awesome action movie, go see The Raid 2. Just go see it. It's really violent. I have to question the sense of the person who brought children 
one of whom couldn't have been more than five, into a theater playing a subtitled, extremely violent action movie that even features a dildo in one scene. But it's really good. And I don't say that lightly. So, there's my spiel. How about you, Phil? Well, I think I just came across the cheap boss of Final Fantasy V, Atomos, who cast comments. Oh, the, the guy who sucks you into his, yeah, into his mouth. Yeah, and, and, you know, he. But, but first, he kills one of your characters with Comet, and being the kind of player I am, as soon as one of my – I know this is, like, totally unusual. People don't normally play this way, but I have my own gameplay style. When one of my characters dies, I immediately try to res them. I don't. I know other people. They just go straight after the boss. They don't care how many of their players or how many of their characters are dead. But I try to res right away. So of course, all that means is he just keeps casting Comet over and over and over again till I either run out of magic points or Phoenix downs. Because there's just there's he gets so many turns. It's not even funny. So finally, after getting so pissed, I want to throw my game, my DS at the wall and break it. I look up at FAQ. It's like. No, you're supposed to let your party member, you know, one of your party members get killed by a comet. And yes, as you mentioned, then the portal slowly sucks them in and stops casting comet on the rest of the party members. I mean, who knew? What a great strategy that is. Let your character member just die and stay dead while he gets sucked in by the portal of death. Don't res him. Because that way the portal will stop casting comets. So instead of wiping your whole party out with a few comets in a row, it's just going to keep sucking it until you beat it and knock the crap out of it. That just totally makes sense. So, yeah, yeah. Anyways, up until now, I was having a great time Final Fantasy V, but I just gave its boss a middle finger. So, yeah. Anywho, you had to take a, I had to take a trip to, to Florida, an emergency trip, uh, where a lot of my family lives over there. And uh, so I got to spend a little time with the uh, with the handhelds. Not too much time because there's a lot going on. But uh, yeah, just the Vita. Just I can't praise the system enough. I had my DS with me, but I just kept going back, uh, and I had Final Fantasy V in there. But uh, I just kept going back to the Vita, and and the fact that you have all those games kind of preload from the I got the, all those games from the PSN Plus program on there. So I'm like. Uh, you know, with all that stress and stuff I was going through, I just didn't have a great mind to focus too long on an RPG. So I'm hopping from like Sonic's All Star Racing to uh, I forget what action fighting game I was playing on there, Street Fighter or something or rather. And then I'd go and play some uh, Rainbow Moon, uh, which uh, can't, I think that was yeah, that was part of the program. So and and I didn't much care for Rainbow Moon on the PlayStation when I was playing on the PlayStation Three as a PlayStation Three title first. Because every time I'm sitting down on my PlayStation 3 and I'm playing Rainbow Moon, I'm like, this is cute, but it's kind of retro. And when I'm on my PlayStation 3, there's just so many new games, you know, like that got 5 out of 5 apparently, that I haven't actually sat down and played through. So when I'm on my PS3, I feel like I should be playing a more powerful game. But on my Vita, it's just it's just great to go in there, play for a bit, knock out some encounters. And it just feels better on the handheld. I, I don't know. It's a, it's a slower-paced game too, and that helps. Uh, slower paced games for me always feel better on handhelds so yeah really enjoyed the got to enjoy the Vita um, I've been playing my boss has got us playing uh, Clash of Clans that's an IOS game it's not an RPG but uh, kind of a base building uh, army building go and destroy other people's bases type of game uh, your boss has you playing this yeah yeah and apparently it's a very very popular game uh, while I was at the gym uh, and I was sitting in between reps, kind of cooling off a bit. I pulled out my cell phone and I knocked out a battle real fast. And some 
12-year-old boys come up to me and they're like, oh my gosh, is that Clash of Clans? I played it too. Let me see your base. Oh my god. Poof. You know, so I, I guess this is a hip and hot game or whatever. So if you played Clash of Clans, you know, definitely um, you know, message me or tell me, you know, tell me a little about your base or better yet, maybe post a screenshot. I'll have to find a way to do the same as well. Um, because it's all about your base and how far your base has come and how much money some of your friends have spent on it. Because it's one of those free-to-play games that try to get you to spend money by speeding things up. But I'm a patient person. And I also know how to raid people for lots of what I need. So, um, yeah, my, I've been embarrassing my boss with how fast I built my base up without spending. I only I spent $5, and that's all I've spent. So, um, let's see. Oh, hey, do any of you – for some reason Anna's name comes to mind. But do any of you play Final Fantasy fourteen? Um, I did for a little while, and not currently. I'm not playing any MMOs currently. Yeah, we're like we're gonna give that a shot because my wife is so in love with the uh, uh, Lala Fells or whatever the hell they're called. Um, so she's trying to make falafels. Her yeah, yeah, falafel, sure. Um, otherwise known falafels as falafels are tasty. Otherwise known as the new version of the Taru Taru, uh, apparently. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so we're going to go and fart around with that for a bit this weekend. Just trying to relax after a very stressful week with the with the whole family situation and everything. So. Uh, and I've been playing Infamous uh, Second Son on PlayStation 4, so still liking that. Alrighty, well, that's about all I have. What are, what are we going to talk about next, Mike? What's on the next RPG magic? Oh, I know. It's a game that got a 5 out of 5, apparently. But not from everyone. I understand we have more than one review of this, and and yet all of those reviews liked it a great deal. Yeah, we're we're gonna continue after the apocalypse, but this time taking it into a little different form of game. It's Fallout Three. Fallout Three. We got a whole show dedicated. To shooting things in the first person after the apocalypse. So, yep, that'll be uh, that'll be coming up in a bit. Um, can't think of anything else. Nope. So, thank you, Mister Apps. Thank you, Miss Anna. Always a pleasure to have you on our show, Mister Mickey. Mister Mickey for putting this together. He's the man, and. I will just do my part to remind everybody that RPG Backtrack is a production of RPGamer.com, your source for news, reviews, and home to the best gaming community on the net. So check out all of our previous shows as well as our two sister shows, the RPG Cast and uh, what was the last one? Active Time Banter or something like that? Active Topical Banter. Sorry, I'm tired. (laughs) It was a very stressful week. I can't remember new things right now. Uh, yeah, you can check it all out at rpgamer.com. Those links to those shows are on the left-hand side, a little bit further down on the menu. You can write your questions and comments on our boards. We have a forum link also there on the left-hand side. Uh, you can email me, jcservant, at cyberlightcomics.com and help shape our future shows. You can follow us at twitter.com forward slash rpgamer. Follow me at jcservant and become our biggest fans at facebook.com forward slash rpgamer. So, Thank you so much, Mr. Miki. Do the honors. I feel like I should mention here that even though he will never listen to this because he does not listen, he does not use the internet, my grandfather would appreciate a mention of the shadow right here. 
although I doubt many people listening to this have ever listened to it, I understand that was a very entertaining radio program. And it's kind of an odd note on which to end, but whatever. I'm all about that. Yeah.